0: So now, uh, usually, this is the bit where you have to put up with me, but today we are blessed, and I, and I genuinely mean this, we don't get many visiting preachers coming in here. Um, and two years ago, uh, nearly two years ago in September, uh, a group from a church in Indiana, Pennsylvania, um, came here for ten days nearly, was it? Nine or ten days, And um And we were only speaking about this last night that something happened and there was a connection between us here and them there in in a special kind of way. And and we've had many visitors over the years and, and came and the folks from their church have been in many different countries over the years. But we were both saying there was something different about this. There was something of God in this. Um, and there's something about the heart that they have in their church. Well, it is like humongous towards what we are or where we are. It's um, There's a very similar heartbeat to it, to what we have here. And, and a passion for their community and a passion for their people that we have here as well. So um, so there is a connection, and we're blessed to have that, and it's great. And Abby, Kim's daughter, who I'm not going to embarrass and get to stand up and say hello to everybody. Now, um, just even wave. Yeah, this is Abby, <laughs> whose birthday is this week, just to let you know, okay? Cards and presents, appreciate it. But anyway, um, she's going to be with us for a month. She's come to, to intern in the church for a month, so... Reach out, say hello, maybe take her out for a nice steak dinner or something like that. It'd be good. Um, And Kim is here for the weekend to make sure that she gets settled in safe and sound. And she's flying home on Wednesday. We are blessed to have you here, Kim, and I'm really um, delighted that you are going to bring the word of God to us today, because I know it will be good, and I know it will be real, and I know you've been praying into it, and I know that you've been preparing for it. You've been on your computers since you got here, getting ready for this and other things. But I'm going to say you were just getting ready for this all that time. Um, so we're blessed and we're honoured to have you here. And I want to ask you all, give her an amazing welcome, and uh, please come in. Good yeah, you're good.
1: Okay, oh, thank you. Well, it is so good to be here. I recognize a few faces from when we were here um, two years ago, but a lot of new faces and people that I haven't met, so it's so good to be here, and I look forward to meeting you, and then I will be back in September with our team, and so I'll get to see you all again very soon, and um, I'm just I am trusting you with my daughter Abby. So <laughs> um, Brian and Anne invited her to come, and she feels called to go serve in another country um, after she graduates high school. And so, thought this would be a good experience for her to come for a month and be here. And I love. Love Brian and Ann, and I love this church, and so um, I'm just so grateful to be with you today. I wanted to show you a picture of the rest of my family, if you have it. So that's my husband and then my daughter Emma who's 13 and Abby is 16 about to be 17. We went to Florida last week for vacation and so and then I'm in Ireland this week. Um, and so that's my family, but my husband and I pastor our church in Pennsylvania and, but we're originally from Texas and oklahoma and i know you may not have any clue where those places are but my accent is a texan accent just to explain it's not pennsylvania (laughs) um they say yens, like you would say use you say use use uh they say yens and i refuse to say it i will not say yins. i say y'all no problem so I love um, traveling, I love going all across the world to see God's beauty, but also what God is doing. I was just in El Salvador um, a month ago, serving there and preaching there, and I was just sitting there worshiping, listening to Kathy worship, and I just thought, wow, how how amazing is it that all nations, all countries We'll be worshiping together in heaven one day, and that is a beautiful thing. And so I am thankful that I don't have to use a translator today, so I'm thankful that you speak English, but I realize if there's something that you don't understand that I say, please feel free to ask me afterwards. Um, but I, again, just want to thank Pastor Brian and Ann for welcoming me today, and I think we're going to switch out mics again. That's why I'm delaying. Yeah? Oh, there I am. Okay. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to pray over this time, and then I will get started. So let me just pray real quick. God, I just thank you for this opportunity to be here with these people, God. I thank you for the opportunity to get to serve. Lord, I just pray that these would be your words and not mine, and God, I pray that you would make my words clear and understandable. And God, we just thank you for the opportunity to worship you today. And we give you all of the glory and the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So Brian, when I asked him what he wanted me to preach on today, he said he was going to be starting a series and teaching on Matthew chapter 8, and so that's what I'm going to be starting today, and I'm excited about talking about this passage of Scripture because I think it is something that we will all relate to, and my hope is is that if you don't understand the Bible, if you've never read the Bible, that you will understand it a little bit more today, so I'm going to do my best to make it very clear uh, for you and really help you to understand how you can apply it to your life Um, because I don't believe that God ever created the Bible to make it complicated for us to understand, I think we as humans make it complicated for you to understand. So my prayer is that you would really be able to understand it today. Um, You know, we all have issues we all have problems in our lives, right? There's not a human on the face of this earth d- that doesn't face some sort of difficulty or trial, and we have we can have financial issues, we can have um, issues in our lives that are due to, to sin. We can have addictions or health problems or relationship issues, or deal with anger or anxiety or just loneliness, and that sometimes those problems can be seem really hopeless. Like, it's never going to get better. It's never It's never going to go away. And today we are going to read a story of a man whose situation was absolutely hopeless. Um, the world would have said there is no way for him to have hope, um, but one encounter with Jesus changed everything. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4 today. And it says, When he came down from the mountain... Great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand, and he touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone. But go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for proof to them. So I don't know if you know much about leprosy. Um, my husband went to India a few years ago and actually went to a leper colony and kind of got to witness the, the just the destruction of this disease. But back then, um, especially... Lepers would have been treated awful, they would have been ostracized from community, and this man was experiencing unimaginable suffering um, in the world 's eyes. His scenario was hopeless; it was a disease and it is a disease that disfigures them, so as the disease progresses, they can lose uh, their hand can just fall off their Foot can just their skin begins to decay and fall off. Their teeth can fall off. You can miss part of your nose. Um, so they would probably also really stink pretty badly. Um, and it was just a terrible, painful, progressive death that had no full, had no cure. They treated them as if they were the living dead um, because they knew that eventually they would die, and they were cut off completely from society. So they were separated from their friends, their family, their community, their church. They couldn't just walk through town or get on a bus, you know, even if they wanted to. It was highly contagious. And according to the Jewish law, people had to keep at least two meters away from a leper. And if the wind was blowing towards a leper, a person had to stay 45 meters away from them. And the only thing more defiling to a Jew was um, touching a dead person. So lepers and dead people were off limits. They had to dress in rags, they had to keep their hair a mess, they couldn't take care of themselves so that they would be identified to people who were around them, so that people would automatically know, that's a leper, I need to stay away from them. If they thought that people might get close, they had to cry out, unclean, unclean, so that people would know that they had leprosy. So people really looked down on lepers, and they were really afraid of them. And rabbis especially really despised them. They saw them as people under judgment from God, and so they really treated them very poorly, and they just thought that they deserved no pity or mercy whatsoever. But here we see Jesus enter the picture. And despite the rules, because Jesus was a Jew... He came to, um, this man came to Jesus by himself. He was so desperate to be clean. He was so desperate to be healed. And I can't even imagine how he must have felt. He had been told he was going to die and he had no hope. His friends and family and all of society had given up hope. They had no hope for him. And he must have lived under a tremendous amount of shame. I mean, can you imagine walking out into Crumlin right now and having to scream out the words, unclean, unclean, so that no one would get around you? But we are like this man in a lot of ways. I have been like this man in a lot of ways. We get comfortable in our mess, in the things that seem hopeless. We begin to say things like, it's always going to be this way. It's a part of who I am. I've failed too many times. I've messed up too many times, and I might as well just give up. Nothing is ever going to change, and we just can lose all hope. But this man heard that Jesus was in town. And he knew that this could be his miracle. And in spite of the fact that he knew Jesus was a Jew, and he would be breaking the rules, getting close to him, and that Jesus very well could look at him as other rabbis and tell him to go away and treat him poorly, he took the chance on this man named Jesus. It said, he he said to Jesus, Lord, if you are willing... And what we know is he came to the Lord, he came to Jesus and worshiped him. And this is the first time in, in Matthew where we see someone in Scripture called Jesus Lord. And often I think we only want Jesus as Savior or Healer because we want we want to serve Him only if He can do something for us, right? But it's really hard for us to call him Lord because that means that we honor him as master over our lives. So this man wasn't crying out to him as savior or master, or I'm sorry, savior or healer. He was crying out to him as Lord, you're the master over my life. And he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. See, he sought more than healing. This leper wanted more than just to be physically healed. He wanted to be cleansed inside and out from all of the pain inside and out. Because can you imagine just the the shame and and the hurt and the loneliness this man must have experienced having not been able to be around any sort of human? God isn't just interested in answering our prayers. And, And we... I encourage you to pray and to cry out to him and and to ask him for things, but but God is more interested in doing something on the inside of us because that 's what really matters in mark one forty one it it tells the same story, but it, it tells it from a different point of view, and it says when when this leper came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you 're willing, cleanse me." It says that Jesus was moved with compassion, and he reached out his hand, and he touched him. And he said, I am willing, and be made clean. And I love where it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. In another translation, it says he was moved with pity, but it, it wasn't in the Greek origination what it didn't mean that he looked down upon the leper it didn't mean that he felt sorry for the leper what the greek word actually means here is that jesus was actually moved from the inside like his heart and his belly and the inside of him ached when he saw this man and it caused him to be moved with compassion he didn't just have superficial compassion like we can have sometimes for people who are broken and hurting. But he was moved from his guts in response to this man's pain. And then Jesus did something extraordinary. He touched the man, and then he healed him. See, Jesus, he didn't have to touch him in order to heal him, because he was Jesus. He could have just spoken the word and healed him so that he didn't have to get close. He could have thought the word and healed him so he didn't have to get close. But he chose this method, he touched him, because he knew it would be particularly meaningful to this man. It would have been years since this man would have felt any sort of physical touch. And so Jesus knew that. And he knew that this man needed touch. See, touching someone else would make Jesus unclean, like it would make a human, a man, unclean. But when Jesus touches us, he makes us clean instead. And I can think of a lot of times in my life where I have really messed up. And I don't have all day to tell you the times and the stories that I've messed up and, and just sinned and had so much shame and hurt and woundedness. And there were times that I would just think, I can't come to Jesus. I can't go to church because I have to be cleaned up first. I have to get my act together before I can come to Jesus. Um, Because often that's how religious people treat you. They treat you like you need to be perfect in order to come to church or to come to a Bible study. And that's not how hope is, which I'm very grateful. But Jesus isn't like that at all. Like, he wants us to come to him with all of our mess, with all of our junk, and he doesn't expect us to be clean before we come to him, because here's what I've learned. I can't clean myself up. No matter how hard I try, no matter how hard I try to do the right thing and and to follow God and to live for Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I don't have that kind of strength. I don't have that kind of power. So I need him. I need him to do the work in my life. And he took me just as I was. And we have so many people in our church that if I could tell you their stories and and tell you how they met Jesus, they would say the same thing, that that they came to him with all their mess, and, and he is the one who did the work in their lives. See, Jesus will never not touch us when we need to be touched or held. He's not appalled to us. He's not put off by us. He will meet us each in a really individual way. And then Jesus responds to this man, and he said, I am willing, be clean, be healed, be whole. And then he tells him something really interesting. He says, see that you tell no one. So I'm going to heal you, and everybody knows you're a leper, but I don't want you to tell anybody. I just want you to go tell the priest. And so this can be confusing sometimes. Like, why would Jesus not want people to know that he healed this man, right? But at this time in Jesus' ministry, he didn't want him to go and tell everyone um, because Jesus wanted to wait till the proper time to be revealed as the Messiah, And Jesus wasn't into healing people for the popularity. He wasn't into healing people for becoming famous. He wasn't into healing people to get all of the Instagram likes and Facebook likes. He knew that if he was revealed too soon to the world that they would hate him, and they would ostracize him, and they wouldn't allow him to minister in that town, which is what happened. The leper, out of his excitement, he didn't obey that That piece of information that Jesus asked him, he he went and told everyone. It says he he went out and he just spread the word. But what happened was, um, in the book of Mark, it says that Jesus was no longer able to do ministry in that that city. So he had to be in a deserted place outside of the city from there on out, and people would come to him. Um, And so the reason why he said to this man, show yourself to the priest. Because a priest would have never, ever, ever seen a healing. He would have never witnessed a leper being healed. And so he wanted, Jesus wanted to prove to the rabbis and the priest, I am the Messiah. I am who I say I am. And so this is why he told the leper, go to a priest. um, Because also a priest would have had to do a ceremony in this time to bring the leper back into society. And they would have never, ever have done a ceremony like this. They had to look it up. They had to research in their law how to do this because it had never been done. So this would have spoken volumes to the priest. You know, like I said before, every single one of us are this man or have been this man. Even though we may not have ever experienced a disease quite as debilitating as this, We've all experienced things in our lives that have made us want to hide. They've made us want to stay in our, our rooms or our homes or where we live and not show our face to society. We've all been in a place where we felt like there was no hope for our situation. And some of you have been told, some of you have just been right out told by people that you have no hope. Maybe the people that are closest to you have said you're hopeless, you're a mess. So maybe you're too afraid to come to Jesus because you don't feel like you're worthy, like you can come to him with everything that you are. And I will tell you, I've been there. There have been several times in my life where I didn't feel worthy, right, to come before him. But if it weren't for Jesus in my life, I would not be standing here today. My life would look completely different. And so I will tell you that there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing too strong that can overcome what Jesus can do in your life. The only thing that we really need to be afraid of is that we will let Jesus pass us by without reaching out to him. You know we're given so many opportunities where Jesus passes us by and I don't maybe he doesn't pass by us physically, right, but he sends people in our way in our path that follow jesus and and they try to bring hope to us and we let them pass by. You know Jesus wants to know you, he wants to cleanse you, He wants to give you life and he has the power to restore any situation there's no situation too big for him there is no pain so deep that he cannot heal there is no sin too great that he cannot redeem there is no one too lost or too broken that he can't save there is no addiction too strong that he cannot break And there is no emotion or mental illness that is so destructive that he can't set us free. And so often I get the question, but Kim, what if he doesn't? See, this leper came to him. He said, Lord, if you're willing. The leper knew that Jesus could heal him. But he said, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. If you want to. He didn't say if you're able. He knew he was able, but If you want to, and I think a lot of times we know that we've, we've heard stories about Jesus and His miracles, so we can kind of come to Him with the same. Like, we know you can heal. We've heard you do it. But are you willing to do it? And so the question is often, Kim, what if I ask Him to do something in my life and He doesn't do it? And so I love this story in Daniel chapter 3. It's about three guys. Named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were in this um, in the kingdom of King Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar finds out that they are followers of God, and so he decides to throw them in this fire, this big, huge oven that is people size, and no way to escape it. The 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 um, security guards or whoever was throwing him in the fire, they It would even be too hot for them to get close to the oven, and they would die, so much less be in it, right? So they're about to go into this fire, and King Nebuchadnezzar, his his plea to them basically is, deny God and worship me, and I won't throw you in the fire, but you just have to deny God. You You can't say that you believe in him anymore, and I need you just to serve me, and this is their response to him. Your threat means nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up, O King. But even if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't save us, it wouldn't make a bit of difference, O King. We still wouldn't serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. I don't know about you, I've never been um, to this point because of my faith that I have been told that I'm going to be thrown into a fire unless I deny God. And I know there are parts of our country and parts of our world that that is reality, right? So I would like to think that I would be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say like they did with such boldness. Oh, King, no, you can go ahead and put us in. And even if God doesn't save us, like we know he can. We know that if if you put anything in there with us, it's not going to get cooked up. We're all going to be fine. But even if God doesn't save us, we're not going to serve you. We're not going to serve the gold statue that you set up. And so... The challenge to me has been in my life of beginning to say, Jesus, if you are willing to do this in my life, if you are willing, there are things in my life that I need healing from. Like I'm starting to lose my hearing, and they don't understand why. I I have what's called scoliosis, and I have a back of an 80-year-old. Uh, literally, it's what the doctors have told me. <laughs> um, I'm in pain a lot, and and it's been that way for a lot of my life, and and so I've said the prayer, Jesus, if you're willing, and and I could become bitter because He hasn't healed me yet, but I know that even if He doesn't, He's still good, He's still God, and and even if He doesn't change your financial situation, are you able to say like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm still going to worship? I'm still going to believe you are who you say you are. And I think the leper, because of his words of if you are willing, he was saying to Jesus, I'm I'm going to still acknowledge you as Lord of my life. I'm still going to worship you, even if you don't heal me and I still have to be ostracized from society and I have to die at a young age. I'm still going to worship you. And I just think about if this room full of people that are in here today decided that you were going to choose faith over fear, that if this room full of people who are here today decided to persevere in the toughest of situations like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and like this leper, I just imagine what if this room full of people, decided not to give up and make your way through the crowds to meet Jesus? See, there's so many people in Scripture that that just had faith enough just to believe, if I can make my way to the crowds, if if I can make my way through the crowds and just get to Jesus. So my question for you today as I close up, is what is it for you today that you need Jesus to cleanse you from? What is it for you today that you need him to heal? What is it today that you need him to change? In what area of your life do you need to choose faith over fear? I have to ask myself too, what do I need to come with him today and say, Lord, if you're willing, but even if, but even if, and so I just leave you with that today, and I, I want to um, pray over you, and I, w- I would love for you just to close your eyes and bow your heads, and if you don't know how to pray, it's okay, but just in this moment, and I don't know if the worship team normally comes up. Yeah, if you could. Um, but I, I just want to give an opportunity. I know I realize that there may be some of you that are here today that that don't follow Jesus, that aren't followers of Him, and and you would want to say today, Kim, I I want to know that Jesus. I want I need I need Jesus to be Lord of my life. I need Him as Savior. I need Him to be my Redeemer. And if that's you today, I want to give you the opportunity to know him and to follow him. And all you have to do is just raise your hand and no one's really looking around. But if you're here today and you say, thank you, I see you, you can put your hand down. Yeah, if you say today, I I want to follow Jesus. I don't want to let him pass me by today. Is there anyone else? I see you, you can put your hand down, ma'am. Thank you. I'm going to have you all pray this prayer after me. And so, if you'll just repeat after me this prayer Dear Lord, I need a Savior. I want to follow you. Even though I'm not perfect. I want to follow your ways, make me clean today, heal parts of my life that are broken, thank you for your salvation, I choose to put my faith in you today, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, for those of you who raised your hand, that decision that you just made is the biggest decision of your life. And scripture actually says that when you give your life to Jesus, that all of heaven rejoices. All of heaven erupts.
0: If you need prayer, if there's something going on in your life, let people stand with you. Let's bring it to God. You can fix things. You can change those circumstances. We can great work and thank you bless you our king is alive whatever you face this day our king is alive whatever you face this day father this day we declare that you are our king that you are our lord that you're our savior and we worship you in this place oh god and father i pray that every single person in this room would come to you, would come to you not just with their brokenness, but they would come with their worship, they would come with their prayers, they would come with their grateful hearts, oh God, for all you have done and all you will do. And all they pray as we walk into this week ahead, that we would know your presence, and that we would raise a hallelujah in every single place, in every storm that we face, oh God, in every good thing that happens in every hard thing that happens, Lord, that we would raise a hallelujah. And I pray, Father, that you would make your face shine on each and every person in this room, Lord, that you would fill their hearts with joy, that you would give them strength, that you would encourage them to face whatever it is that they may have to face. And Lord, I bless them in your name. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would go with them every single day. And I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. We're on our way to Greystones. If you want to come out, you're more than welcome. Come and celebrate those who are getting baptized and uh, have an amazing week. God bless you. Thank you.